Welcome to the Digital Aircraft Secrets Podcast. I'm Mark Schultz, your host. Aviation Professionals for Digital Aircraft Operations is a forum created to help our industry to progress forward into the full implementation of digital transformation and digital systems. Thank you for listening. Great smile, Mark. Hey everybody, it's Mark Schultz here, and it is Wednesday morning again here in the United States, and we are live with another edition of Recovery in Aviation. Hey, we're going to be talking about the latest and current news, what's happening in the industry, the stress that's occurring on the industry right now, what you need to be doing to be able to optimize your environment to be successful in this new world. We're going to talk a little bit about cargo, about electric aircraft, a lot of really fun stuff. Join us. Do not miss this conversation. Stick with us. Hey everybody, it's Mark Schultz here and I'm live with my business partner, Larry Little. Larry, how are you doing today? Hey Mark, I'm doing great. Great to be with you again this morning. Really good. We're excited to talk about aviation. Larry and I are passionate about digital and we're passionate about the recovery in aviation um, in, in the industry. And uh, hey, I know we always have a lot of people that are watching out there and as people are joining, I wanted to invite you to drop a comment uh, down below in the comment box. Tell us who you are and where you're watching from. We love knowing where people are watching us from. Um, you know, down below, there's also a little hook and you can share this stream. If you share this live stream, it really helps us to connect with other people and we can continue to promote and join this conversation about recovery in aviation. But hey, just uh, give us a shout out. Um, give me a comment. Tell me where you're watching from. We'll give you a little thumbs up and uh, let you know um, that we, we see. And we're also going to be taking questions today as part of this. Larry, let's jump right in. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the aviation industry today. Larry, it seems like things are really busy right now, really picking up here in the United States. What's your perception of that right now? Oh, you know, Mark, from a domestic travel standpoint, you know, the system can't handle all the people who want to travel, right? All it takes is one thunderstorm and, uh, and shut down Spirit Airlines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, scrolling across the bottom of the screen there, we have some news and stuff. And, you know, Spirit's Q2 revenues were up a total of a billion, 55% from last year. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of airlines, Frontier and others that are doing really, really well here in the United States, but also they're just stressed and stretched so thin. And, and if anything goes wrong in the system, listen, we all know that if something goes wrong in the system, um, you know, disruption management has been a key discussion topic for many, many years. And uh, we, you know, we all critically rely on operations to work properly. And when we're running on narrower margins and less people, uh, you know, when things go wrong, they can really go bad. Larry, you know, Mark, obviously, I was kidding. It, you know, it was a, it was a lot of uh, weather issues that you know impacted both Frontier and Spirit. But you said it; they just don't have things are running. You know, so so close to the vest that they just don't have the capacity or you know any yeah. uh, you know, tolerance to to address you know whether it be people or weather. Yeah, if you've seen it in the news, um, I think they're into day four of the disruption from the weather that occurred yeah. earlier in the week. And there's some just chaotic, you know, unhappy people. And it was compared to, you know, hurricane recovery. It was so bad that yeah, it, was, yeah. it was compared yeah. to hurricane recovery. You know, just absolutely crazy. So anyway, um, those are some things that are really important to pay attention to is really uh, what's happening. Um, next, uh, you know, a lot of the airlines are actually expanding their routes right now. Things are really growing and really growing fast. You know, Larry, I'm seeing international routes and things, you know, increasing right now. What are you seeing out there? 
Well, I mean, as we can read across the bottom here, you know, Ryanair is really doing great. I think their, you know, their capacity is, is increasing and, and, you know, we're seeing uh, Goal actually buying some of the, the maxes or, you know, getting some of the maxes that they were committed to. So that's just, uh, I think uh, the growth is, uh, I think we've talked about it and kind of expected it, but to really see it is, is, is encouraging. Yeah, we're really seeing a comeback. And, you know, Larry, you, Larry and I have spent some time um, in Brazil uh, down at Sao Paulo with Goal. And uh, they were some good times. I just love the people down there. I have so many followers down in Brazil. It's just really amazing. Hey, if you're watching from Brazil, give us a shout out. Um, but, uh, you know, Brazilian Goal, I did some work with them. And, uh, Larry, uh, I know that they're putting their maxes into service now, now that everything is um, improving. They're getting rid of their 737 NGs, and they're replacing with the maxes. Um, you know, what's happening with the maxes there in uh, the Seattle area right now? You know, Mark, I happened to be down in, at Renton Field yesterday, and it Maybe you don't know this, but every 737 ever built was delivered out of first flight was out of Renton, and about and, and about a year ago, that place had more 737 Maxes uh, apart uh, than you can imagine. I mean, probably 50 around a little 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 regional airport parked. And you know, I, like I said, I was just just there yesterday, and there are hardly any 737 Maxes sitting there. I mean, there's probably a few that are just kind of getting ready for first flight. But uh, to see the the max start to be delivered on a pretty you know a pretty aggressive schedule is fantastic. Yeah, that really is. I mean, Larry, about a year ago, um, I drove past uh, International Boulevard. I guess it is past yeah. Boeing Field, and um, you know, it just they were they were parked everywhere you could possibly park an airplane across the street. Even at nighttime, they had opened the gates and they'd pull them across the street and park exactly. them on the in the parking lot on the other side. So they were parked everywhere. So it's just incredible. You know, to hear you say that uh, the number of aircraft on the ground has uh, dramatically decreased and is now getting back out again. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. From my pedestrian eye, you know, looking around, this is refreshing to see. Yeah, evidence. Yeah. Hey, and also, um, everybody, you know, we're seeing things like uh, Delta Airlines. They uh, resumed flights a couple of days ago um, down to Johannesburg with their A350. And uh, there's just a lot of great stuff that's going on. But, you know, the industry is is growing and expanding. And, uh, you know, but but there's some things that we need to think about and consider, Larry, is that, uh, uh, you know, we're not out of the weeds yet. I mean, there's been some news and stuff coming out of Australia and places like that. What have you heard about what's happening in different places around the world? Well, you know, Mark, we just talked about the growth and what's going on in the U.S. and, and what's, you know, actually, you know, international flights are increasing and what's going on with Ryanair and Wizz Air, you know, continue to, to have great, you know, growth and recovery. But, you know, read this morning, uh, Qantas is, is furloughing uh, 2,500 uh, of their staff because, well, why? Because Australia is closed again because of COVID. So, you know, the challenges are still there and growth is going to happen. But as that growth happens, you know, we're going to see some, some difficulties as people recover. Yeah, what's really crazy is we hear about layoffs in certain places. And I just heard on the news this morning that some of the uh, states in the U.S. had unemployment rates that were down in the one to two percent ranges. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just incredible. And so it's been extremely hard to get the staff that are needed. I talked to MROs, airlines, software providers and operators, you know, all week long, every week. OK, I was on the phone with a guy this morning and uh, he was telling me about uh, some of the challenges in getting staff and getting people to be able to staff up to what they're doing. So it's just really crazy to see, you know, the, the thin margins we're running in the U.S. and laying people off in one place. And then and then uh, in the U.S. in different states, we're seeing, you know, some of the responses to the uh, pandemic increasing. And so I guess the message that I wanted to say to people watching there today, hey, listen, we are not out of the woods right now. OK, 
is that, you know, that we are not done with the recovery right now. We see a lot of improvement in the aviation industry right now, and people are, are taking profits, and we have a lot of flying that's happening right now. But, you know, at a moment's notice, things can just fall apart, you know, right now. You know, a, a, a delay and a cancellation, and thousands of people are stranded in southern Florida, and they can't get out. The system is totally stressed, you know, right now. And so what that's really telling me, Larry, is that we really need to – um, be prepared to operate in this world where we have really razor thin, you know, margins for error right now at this point. You know, the, the talent shortage is certainly in aviation. Well, we see it across, you know, across every industry is the talent shortage. But I think in aviation, we, we see it more, uh, more, dra more drastically because of the impact. And it just, it just, again, highlights the thing that you and I talk about so often is the need for digital transformation and the need to adopt these new tools to help you do your business more efficiently with less people. Yeah. So, you know, Larry, as I'm thinking, there's a couple of different directions that people's minds should be thinking right now. Okay. Um, number one, we should continue to look at what's happening in the industry and where there are opportunities to leverage the evolution of business within the industry. That's number one. Okay. Number two, we need to leverage technology and, and solutions and approaches and things to optimize what we're doing so that we can operate more efficiently with those business and revenue streams that we've had for some time. Let's talk about number one first, right? Larry, what are some of the key things you're seeing growing in the industry today that presents revenue opportunities out there? Well, you know, Mark, there, there are opportunities. Last week, we, you know, we were with Greg Hine and we talked a lot about the business, business aviation and the growth in business aviation and the opportunities there. Um, we haven't talked about cargo in a while, but there's tremendous opportunity in cargo. I mean, you know, uh, I saw Korean Air, you know, continues to grow their cargo business, continues to convert airplanes to cargo. And, uh, you know, that cargo market ha has continued to excel and grow even, you know, um, I know we've talked about it, you know, maybe six or nine months ago, but the cargo market yeah. is incredible. You know, Larry, the, the, the Korean thing for a minute, just um, what's really super interesting about that is, is that um, they have uh, they have creatively leveraged their aircraft to be able to adapt to the market. Okay. You know, Korean, a long haul carrier. I mean, look at you, how many flights can long you do inside of the country carrier, of Korea? Right? Yeah. Everything is outside of Korea. And yeah. so they've had to leverage their aircraft and to be able to use them for different purposes. I saw in the news, they just flew their 10,000th um, passenger cargo flight. Okay. Right. So what right. they're doing is they're packing the lower hold. They've uh, cleared out seats. They put, they put cargo on the main deck. They've gotten approval to put strapped in cargo into seats. They've gotten approval to put cargo in the overhead bins. And so they, they really have creatively worked with their regulators to leverage their aircraft and to be able to provide services in the area where there's demands. That's the kind of creativity we're talking about. Yeah, you're, you're spot on, Mark. And, you know, it, it kind of it does overlap or overflow into the technology arena as well. Um, you know, I also saw that there's a company that, who has created a software, an app that will help you find available cargo space. So if you have something you want to ship, you're able to hop on there, you know, find the best carrier over, I think they have 15 airlines that you that uh, they have access to. You can find an available airplane uh, and actually arrange, you know, arrange the shipping uh, through their app. So that cargo need is even, you know, driving opportunities in the technology. Yeah. I, I think I saw the name of that from. company. I think it was uh, Cargo One. And yes. um, so, yes. so that's exactly what you're talking about is, is that, is that people are using digital technology to leverage not only new business opportunities, but to optimize what they're currently doing, right? right, and, right. and that's a great example of it right there. I love that. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then uh, we're also seeing some really interesting movement um, into, you know, electric aircraft. And as a crossover on this conversation right now, Larry, you brought to my attention um, that there was uh, some cargo aircraft, electric cargo aircraft on the horizon. Well, you know, we, I think we talked a few weeks ago about United and their commitment to buy, buy some small uh, electric airplanes. And, and, uh, and I think we're, continue, and, and we're, you know, it's kind of logical that cargo would go there as well. And DHL, um, you know, announced that they're going to partner with a, actually a company here in Seattle um, to look at small cargo, airplane, small cargo aircraft um, to deliver, you know, um, to deliver packages. Yeah. Yeah, the company is uh, Aviation. It's kind of hard to say because you want to say Aviation, but it's yeah, Aviation, exactly. Aviation, okay. And uh, it's really interesting to see, you know, um, people taking the leap forward. United Airlines, you know, DHL. Um, Larry, I also saw that the first or the largest electric cargo um, aircraft so far, you know, just did its first flight, and it was a uh, caravan, a Cessna caravan. Yeah, right. Which right. Um, uh, did its first flight. That's that's incredible that we're taking. You know, that airplane is a big airplane. I mean, I, you know, I've stood underneath the wing of a caravan before. I stood underneath the wing of a caravan on floats one time. But when it's on floats, it's really huge. But a caravan is a big airplane. That's a really big airplane. I understand it had 750 horsepower um, in the engine, in the motor, um, to drive it. And uh, I don't know how that compares or how the performance compares because the, the shaft horsepower on those PT6s is way in the thousands right now. So. But it, I, I want to follow that and learn more about it. I think it's really super interesting. Well, you know, I think Mark, you know, it's 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 certainly following automobiles, um, but still a long way to go for you know to make electric flight, yeah. uh, make electric flight viable. You know, it turns out that jet engines are incredibly efficient, right? Um, maybe the engines aren't, but the whole system with fuel and all that is incredibly a system, incredibly efficient system for propelling an airplane. And you know, the electric motors are great. But you still got to put a big battery there. Uh, I heard it. Yeah, no uh, kidding. I heard yeah, it described exactly. recently as you know the battery technology is kind of like where we were in the '80s with computing technology. You know, we all had big, big computing yeah. systems, and the supercomputers took up warehouse size rooms, right? And now you know you can do that on a laptop, and I think we'll see that in battery technology as well. But that's that's really the pacing yeah. item right now. Yeah, you know, that's really what launched um, uh, Tesla ahead was um, Elon Musk's uh, forward thinking about batteries. And, you know, he wasn't happy with the technology that was in his batteries that he was getting from suppliers. And so he decided to create his own batteries. And he started, you know, started developing the technology and, and hiring vendors and, and coming up with more advanced technology. And, you know, I saw this Evation aircraft that they were talking about recharge times that were like uh, 30 minutes per hour of flight or something like that. OK, okay. wow. So, okay. Yeah, so we're uh, we're definitely looking at needing improvements because you know when air well cargo airplanes have less of a turn time on the ground, um, right. but you know uh, some you know uh, commuter aircraft can sometimes have 20, 30 minute turn times, and so you can't you know you can't spend four hours charging an airplane you know on a thirty minute turn time. So I know there's some challenges and issues that have to be dealt with, but it's really super interesting technology. Oh, it really is. You know, this is just a baby, right? This debate, yeah. we're going to watch this grow and actually you mature into uh, something yeah. that's real. And I mean, you know, the next step is hybrids, right? You have battery power and you have, you know, jet or piston power as well. And I think there's some companies yeah. looking into hybrid. Not, I think, I know there's some companies that are looking into a hybrid application, just like we have on our cars. Yeah, I'm going to have a guy on uh, in the near future here. Um, uh, from Honeywell to talk about some of that, the hybrid kind of stuff. Hey, let's uh, let's recognize uh, some of our people out there watching. Um, 
we just had uh, uh, somebody, if you're, hey, if you're out there watching, give us a shout out in the comments and let us know you're watching. We'd love to have you um, uh, tell us who you are and where you're watching from. But I see we had Matt uh, Haga join us from San Francisco. Um, Matt is an amazing supporter of the aviation industry. And he recently published a report, which was uh, the top, I think, 20. No, it was more than that. The top women in, uh, uh, in, on LinkedIn, actually, and um, in aviation on LinkedIn. And uh, I really appreciate your efforts, Matt, and what you're doing to promote aviation and promote, you know, women in aviation. And it's just great efforts that you're doing. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. I really appreciate it. And uh, let's see, we have uh, Jack Ambrose, who's joined us. Uh, he's here from Houston. Hey, Jack, thanks for joining with uh, IBA. Um, I'm not sure who IBA is, Jack. I'm going to have to look it up. Thanks for joining us, though. Um, earlier, we had a, a couple of comments. Um, uh, we have Solomon uh, Tafera watching from Maryland. Solomon, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being there. Um, here we have, uh, uh, sometimes the names don't come in. I really, I really, uh, uh, sorry about that. I don't know who this is, but, uh, we had someone saying, uh, Cessna Courier and we had somebody else acknowledging us, uh, Hey, hello out there. I don't know who you were, but it said hello. But we also had a comment I wanted to throw up there as well. Um, we have Nithan Sawant. Uh, thanks for joining us from India. I really appreciate that. And then if we could show that comment that we had up there, uh, I, I really like this. Um, business aviation are, fo are following digital ways to increase uh, airworthiness and costs, uh, ground time reduction. But anyway, business aviation is really focusing on digital. I've seen a lot of applications where people are focusing on digital in business aviation, like in records and on uh, ma aircraft maintenance and different things like that. Larry, that's really an important sector, you know, the business aviation sector. Well, it continues to grow and grow and grow, and uh, you know it hasn't seen the impact that, that commercials had, and and I think uh, there's maybe a more willingness to be an entrepreneur or to adopt new technology, to be an early adopter of new technology in that in that space. Um, you know, a lot of the responsibility comes to the pilots. The pilots love new technology. Yeah, exactly. No kidding. Hey, we got a question that came up from one of our viewers. I wanted to throw it up there. Um, Sam Isaac from India. He says, hey, he has a question. He says, how long the demand for cargo business will continue? Which region will have the most? Listen, um, you know, I'm definitely not an expert in this area, but I do talk to so many people. I talk to hundreds of people and I feel like I have a you know pretty good um, handle on what's happening in the industry. And so I'm, I'm not going to tell you, Sam, that I'm an expert in this area, but I'll tell you what my impression is. Okay is that what we're seeing right now is we're seeing a balancing that occurs, all right? It's just like in the stock market. We see certain things go up and certain things go down, and then certain things go down and certain things go up, right? We saw seasonal, we see seasonal traffic um, of passengers and we see seasonal traffic of cargo. And they're generally in the past, okay? In the past, they had been opposite from each other, right? Passengers were going one direction in one part of the year, cargo was going the other direction, and then it reverses, okay? Now, with all the changes in the economy, you know, that's changed dramatically because we don't have as much international passenger traffic that's occurring. And, and but what we've definitely seen is we've definitely seen an increase of cargo across the board. All right. Now, I believe as more passenger aircraft will start to fly, there'll be more lower more more lower cargo hold available space, which will impact the availability. And I think some of the other places where it's being supplemented will maybe reduce. But overall, we've seen an entire lifting of the cargo demand because of online purchasing and the lack of international travel. And listen, there just is not going to be a short-term decrease in that. There just isn't. It's just going to continue. You know, we're going to have to see to what level it rises to. But I believe we've seen a rising to a certain plateau, and we're on that. And I think we're going to continue to see it grow. 
But, you know, I, I just really seriously doubt there's going to be any downturn in traffic. I just don't see you it. Know, you know, Mark, I, I would agree 100%. And you kind of talked about, you know, uh, large airplanes carrying freight nationally and internationally. Um, I, I like to say or kind of think about it this way is uh, I can't see that last mile of delivery changing. That's probably still going to be a truck for a while. But it's maybe that next to last mile that, you know, DHL bought a lot of small are looking at these small electric airplanes to go not the last mile, but the next to the last mile to, you know, to move it from a major airport to the next port. And these super efficient, small, um, you know, electric uh, or uh, uh, vertical takeoff and landing uh, aircraft. And I, I guess, I, you know, I think that's probably the next window of opportunity for growth. Really interesting. But, you know, that's that's why we keep saying this is a keep an eye on the shifting market. Hey, listen, you always have to be watching for where the market is growing, rising and falling. And you need to go to where it's rising and leverage the rising tide. I mean, we all have to do that. Hey, listen, um, we got another visitor coming uh, in. Rosemary uh, Bressler came in. Hey, Rosemary, thanks for joining us from Hobart. Um, and then uh, let's see, we have uh, Nick Puna there. Um, he says, hey, guys, uh, I was an aviation inspector for British Airways and Air Tanker. And the uh, last five years, I've been studying blockchain technologies. I feel that if overall the aviation sector was going to survive any blockchain. Boy, you just hit a subject that's really near and dear to me. I'm just telling you right now. Is, is that that's right. I believe, yeah, I believe that blockchain is going to make a major impact to digital um, in the world, okay, including aviation, all right? Now, Here's one of the big challenges that we have, everybody. Listen carefully, all right? Digital in aviation has moved so slow, all right, is that we have had such a difficult time. I, I, I'm going to date myself because I want to show you how important this is, okay? In 1977, I had my first thought about implementing of digital in aviation. I called up a friend and I said, how much data storage would it take on a CDC, a controlled data corporation computer, to save an electronic airworthiness directive. They were only available on paper at that time. That was in 1977. And you know what? Um, today, okay, we have airworthiness directives electronic. We have maintenance manuals electronic. But a large portion of the business that's conducted in aviation is in paper. And that is that is almost 40 plus years later. So things have moved really, really slow. But we're seeing a, a significant acceleration. Um, we did a series a couple of months ago on blockchain. And I believe that distributed technologies and the ease of putting things on a platform and the access that it provides and the immutable, the immutable ability of the blockchain to not be changed is going to be a dramatic impact to aviation. We're going to be able to leverage blockchain and use blockchain in applications like we never have before. If I were you, I would keep a close eye on those technologies as they evolve. Just a couple of years ago, People said, oh, Bitcoin, that's for the dark web, isn't it? Okay. Uh, you know, but things changed really, really fast. Cryptocurrencies, you know, are moving really, really, really fast. And you can buy with cryptocurrencies, you know, um, uh, 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 Ethereum, um, you know, and, and those application-based uh, blockchains are really an important part of the industry today. And it's important, Nick that we stay on top of those things and that we leverage those technologies because if we're going to make the significant advances that we need in this industry, we need to leverage current technologies and blockchain is definitely one of them. There's no question about it. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. We have another person I wanted to acknowledge. Uh, we have, uh, oh, Rosemary. We missed her before, but she's in Hobart. Larry, how far is Hobart from where you are? 
God, that's a good question, Mark. I have no idea. Where okay, well, Mark, <laughs> Phoenix near Spokane. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Sorry. I'm sorry, Rosemary. Uh, I don't know where you yeah, are. It's, okay. in, I, it's in Western Washington somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And then we have Shahid uh, watching from Jordan. Hey, I spent some amazing times in Amman, Jordan, the last couple of years. And, hey, for those of you watching in Jordan, I am really looking forward to coming back to uh, uh, international travel and going back to places like um, Amman and places like that. Um, Umberto is a regular follower of ours down in Sao Paulo. Umberto, I love Brazil and the Brazilian people, and I just am so excited that you join us from Brazil and uh, give us your participation, and I thank you for being part of our, our regular broadcast, Umberto. He is on all the time. And then we have Pete Flores. Uh, good afternoon, Pete. Great to have you on. Flores Gomez. Um, hey, listen, let's move on to another conversation here. I want to move a little bit to some of the next things. Larry, we were talking a little bit about electric aircraft, and um, just back a little bit, is that when we're looking at new technologies, you know, why is it important for us to keep an eye on new technologies, not just for optimizing of our operation? What's your perspective on how it presents new business opportunities for us? Well, I think you have to continue to embrace technology to be competitive because uh, if you don't embrace it, the guy next to you is, and he's going to be more efficient and he's going to, you know, reap the benefits of adopting the new technologies. Yeah. And so, you know, when we're looking at the implementation of electric aircraft and things like that, um, you know, I, I got to be honest with you is that, you know, five years ago, I, I said, I don't get it. I, how, how could you take a battery and, you know, because of the range problems and the weight problems, how could you, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't think it was very near term. All right? right. Five years later, completely different opinion. Things are moving so fast, you know, with digital I'm sorry, with electric aircraft, it's just incredible to me on what's happening and what we're going to be able to do by using electric aircraft out there. Well, Mark, you can almost put that back to automobiles. I mean, five years ago, there, you know, electric automobiles were, you know, people didn't have that. They didn't have a lot of range and people weren't really they were just starting to adopt them. You know, now electric cars are the fastest cars on the planet. You know, you're going to, you know, Tesla is installing, uh, uh, you know, car charging stations across the, you know, across the U.S., so just in five years, the, the, the automobile technology has changed so much. You know, you have to think the aviation is going to follow that. Yeah. What was the first Chevy that came out? I can't remember. What was it again? It was uh, Chevy Bolt or the Volt. Volt. The Volt. Volt. It had like a hundred mile or like a 90 mile range or something. And I'm like, yeah. what am I going to do with a 90 mile range <laughs> vehicle? I can't even drive to work and back on 90 miles, you know, but you know, things have changed so dramatically. It's incredible. You have, you have, you have Teslas that can go almost 500 miles and, you know, in between charges and they charge so quickly. And it's incredible. It's really incredible what we're really seeing. Hey, yeah, let's so recognize a couple out, more people. figure out the battery technology. I mean, yeah. some smart guys are going to figure out that battery technology. And it's going to just be fun to watch. Yeah, it's moving so fast. Uh, we have uh, Carrie Friendly that's joined us. Uh, thanks for joining, Carrie. Appreciate that. Um, from Everett. Uh, um, AMTI flight line inspector, over 23 years of experience. He's looking for aviation employment. Hey, listen, um, more than happy to help. If anybody's watching this broadcast and uh, if you have an opportunity, it looks like Carrie is on LinkedIn, reach out to Carrie. You know, um, there's, there's just a lot of people out there that have had to move around in their jobs and find new opportunities. And uh, if you're one of those, hey, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to give you a plug, you know, on a broadcast like this if you're looking for something. There's a lot of companies out there looking for good people you know, right now. And if I yeah. can help as a connector, I, I'd love to do that. Hey, listen, I want to, I want to keep moving and talk about digital. Larry and I are all about digital transformation, right? We've been about it for years. 
digital transformation is really critical and important. I want to tell you real quick again, those of you that watch this on a regular basis, you know what I say all the time because I say the same things over and over again. But digital transformation has four core pillars of digital transformation. Okay, I'm going to say them. Number one is belief. Number two is uh, is people. Number three is processes. Number four is technology. Okay. Yep. Now, why are there four core foundations to digital transformation and not just buying a new iPad? All right. And it's because number one, the, the number one reason why companies have been successful in their internal digital transformations is because an executive leader or an evangelist or somebody that wanted to go forward with a digital project was absolutely committed to a successful outcome. They believed that the outcome was going to be successful. That is the number one factor for success of a digital transformation project, okay? Number two, people. Why are people important in digital transformation? Larry, why are people important in digital transformation? They have to you know, be willing to embrace the technology and they're the ones that are doing the work with the new technology, right? People, uh, people, and people. so there's people. nothing more powerful than a mechanic with an iPad who loves it uh, in terms of, you know, helping the whole organization um, to drive the change. Yeah, we talk about change management being such an important part. What is change management? Change management is the readiness of people to adopt change, okay, is what it really is, and the management of that change. And, and the acceptance of new technology and new processes is a critical part of digital transformation because implementation of new processes is the next one, but people have to accept it. We have to leverage the knowledge of people around us. We have to leverage the knowledge of our peers, leverage the knowledge of the industries, industry standards, and collectively together, people make up our knowledge base and our ability to be able to be successful. Don't do this alone. Do this with people around you, okay? People, people, people. Number three is process, all right? Larry, a lot of times people wanna implement technology and then look at process. Tell me why that's backwards. Say, I'm sorry, Mark, say that again. Yeah, yeah. a lot of times people want to implement technology and then oh, implement yeah. process. Why is that backwards? Well, you know, looking at your process and your value streams, uh, you really identify where uh, you can reap the most benefit from new technology. You really identify those gaps where technology can really bridge, the gaps that technology can really bridge. So that pro looking at, across your, your processes will highlight where you can get the most efficiencies and will help you close the business case, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, so looking at processes, so, so here's how I explain it to people is, is that I believe that not only is technology a revolutionary element of, of implementation, okay, but it's an enabler. It's an enabler to a business process, all right? You have to look at what are your core business processes that you're trying to implement, okay? Where are you going to get the greatest return on investment, either from something new that's new and revolutionary or optimizing of something you know, with enabling technology. I use that word purposefully, enabling technology. And then finally, number four, we look at technology and say, what's the right technology for what we're trying to accomplish? Then the process starts over again. Leverage the people, leverage the knowledge of the processes, optimizing them with enabling technology. And it goes over and over again until we have a comprehensive, you know, digital transformation and execution. I mean, that's- I would add one other thing, Mark, is, um, and you and I have talked about this, is you have to start, right? Don't get too wrapped up. I mean, the four yeah. things that you just talked about are so important and you have to consider all those things, but go ahead and start and you'll learn how each one of those elements contributes to a successful change. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Because so often we don't just start, we, we get paralyzed and we're not sure where to go and what to do. 
And um, let me just give you one one other quick thought about this is, is that if you don't know where to start, just have a vision for where you want to go. Take the first step and begin to move forward and work out your vision in the processes as you go. It all starts with a mental commitment to do what you're doing. And you will, if you, if you are committed to doing this, you will figure out the people to go to, the right processes and the right technology. Just if you don't know where to start, you forward. should call me or Mark. We'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just take one step forward. Exactly. Hey, I saw a couple more comments I wanted to just point out. Um, back to our conversation about electric. Matt Haga down there again commented, 200 miles is about uh, 15 minutes from a Tesla supercharger. So I think what he's trying to tell us is, is that, you know, it's not very far <laughs> between Tesla superchargers. We've made so many enhancements. It's incredible. Hey, last week or a couple weeks ago, we had a guest, uh, Greg Hein, and uh, Greg is an amazing um, uh, uh, business partner and associate of ours and uh, done some really incredible things. And if you guys want to learn about knowledge of the industry and how to be successful in a software company, you know, Greg is a guy who's done that. And, uh, you know, lots of new opportunities available in business aviation at different MROs and a lot of different opportunities in a lot of places. But, Greg, I really appreciate you being on the show this couple weeks ago, and, and that's definitely a place for opportunity. Hey, um, we have a, a few other people that have joined. And so anyway, hey, listen, um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we got uh, we've already talked about that a little bit, um, what Nick said. And so we're good there. Hey, listen, um, everybody, I wanted to just encourage you is, is that one of the reasons that we have these broadcasts, uh, one of the reasons on a weekly basis is that we're trying to continue to foster a community of people that are like-minded, that are committed to the success of aviation. Larry, I am committed to aviation because I believe that aviation connects people, okay? Not only is it the core to commerce, all right? You know, trains, planes, and automobiles, you know, trucks, uh, you know, are all core to commerce and business commerce. So if we want to be successful in business, we need to have efficient commerce, all right? And efficient commerce, one of the critical components of that, of course, is air transportation. You know, if I want to get a FedEx to my daughter in Los Angeles tomorrow, you know, we're not going to drive it or, you know, put it on a truck. We're going to put it on an airplane that's going to be there tomorrow, okay? Transportation is critical. Recovery in aviation is critical, okay? But it also connects people. I believe that once we can fly internationally and we can reconnect with people, you know, transportation becomes a critical part of us connecting with people all around the world. Larry and I are passionate about, about aviation. And one of the ways that we believe that aviation will continue to be successful is through digital, through digital and digital transformation. Larry and I are committed to helping people to do digital transformation. I just signed another brand new contract this morning with somebody who wanted me to help them to be able to grow their business, okay? And we're helping that company to grow their business, to be able to get their message out, and for people to know who they are and what they do, and, and the great and wonderful product that that company has, and how it can help aviation companies to be successful, all right? There's three main things that Larry and I do. One, Larry and I, um, we, we focus on digital transformation. We focus on helping people either come up with strategies for digital transformation or actually implement digital transformation. The right. second thing that we do is we help people to promote their businesses. We help people to get their message about their products and services. And then the third thing we do is we leverage social media like this to be able to help get a broader message out all around the world. Every week at a minimum, we have you know two to 3,000 people that watch these broadcasts and they see and hear the messaging, but all of you are part of that messaging. We all collectively together make up this group of people that are working together to create recovery in aviation. Larry, it's just so you know, Mark, you said it, uh, whether you yeah. like it or not, um, social media is, has to be a key part of your product strategy uh, and your overall business strategy today, whether you like it or not. 
Yeah. And you know what? Um, I've met with some really good people recently. Uh, last week I had a meeting with a friend of mine and he's a very charismatic person. Okay. And I said, Hey, I need to have you on my live broadcast. We need to talk about this. And he goes, Oh, I'm not very good on screen. You know? <laughs> and, and my response was, you gotta be kidding me. You are charismatic. You have a great smile. You draw people in. And he's like, well, I'm just not comfortable. I don't know what to do. You know, and so there's many of you out there who just don't really know what to do in order to be able to get your message out about your company. Maybe you're in sales and you want to improve your reach. You know, we have to use digital and digital technologies really to improve our reach out there today. So I want to really encourage you to leverage, you know, social media. It isn't just a toy. It's really a business tool for us to be able to get our message out and to be able to come together and to be able to create success, you know, using digital and video and things like that. So, Larry, you're right. It's it's not just, you know, it's critical to success of a business. Really is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hey, let's recognize a couple other quick people here. Um, Matt Churches joins us frequently. I think Matt's in, in the UK there. Um, Matt, uh, yeah, great info as usual. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you joining. And, yep, absolutely, aviation does connect people and company. That's my message. That's what I want to end with is that message. Aviation connects people and companies. There's no question about that. Hey, listen, um, I want to thank you for joining us today. We have these broadcasts on a regular basis on Wednesdays. If you need more information, you can reach out to me at uh, mark at digitalaircraft.org. You can go to our website, and uh, we can capture information about you, and we can send you notifications about regular broadcasts. Join us Wednesday mornings. Um, at 9 o'clock Pacific, 12 Eastern, and uh, we have these regular broadcasts. And most of all, I wish you the greatest of success in your digital transformation adventures, you know, out there. Hey, everybody, uh, fair winds and following seas to you. Larry, I will see you next Wednesday on this program again. Have a great day. Hey, wait, don't go away yet. We have a lot more interesting information to come. Hey, I really appreciate you watching this broadcast, but in order for us to continue to bring this to you free, we have sponsors. I'd really appreciate it if you would just listen to our sponsor and then we'll get right back to the podcast. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Digital Aircraft Secrets podcast. Digital Aircraft exists to promote safe and efficient worldwide air transport Aviation connects the world. Aviation connects us as people. Join the conversation on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook at hashtag digital aircraft. Let's help the aviation industry be a thriving place for all of us to reach our dreams.